What is up, Dub Nation? Sam Orlick here of the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. This is a sports ethos presentation. The Golden State Warriors are your 2022 NBA champions. What a season. What a ride. So many ups and downs, but here we are. The Warriors back again. Ring number four for... Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, many more to come. We've got a very special guest for you today, Sports Ethos' very own Stefan Vidovich. We're going to be talking the draft, we're going to be talking free agency, we're going to be doing a little bit of a recap of the Boston series, and more. So, thanks for tuning in, I know it's been a little bit of time since our last pod so hope you guys enjoy this one and without any further ado let's get right into it hey sam hey how's it going good good how are you doing doing pretty great thanks for uh taking some time out of your busy schedule to jump on the warriors pod absolutely man it's a great time to jump on absolutely 100 percent the Golden State Warriors, man, what a season. So many things to talk about. I know you've got some stuff to get into as well. Um, what a great finish and ending. Um, and also for us, you know, we did an episode earlier in the season, um, kind of through the halfway point. I think it was around like the All-Star break. So, um, yeah, just great, great full circle here. Warriors of the NBA champions, Steph Curry getting that elusive finals MVP award. You had Kevon Looney play 104 games, did not miss a game or postseason game for the entire season. Clay Thompson returning after so many hundreds of days off to win a finals. You had Steph Curry break. The all-time three-point makes record. So many accolades. Um, Andrew Wiggins, all-star starter, fall off a little bit, and then quietly turn into, or not so quietly turn into, one of the better two-way players in the league after this postseason run. Um, Am I missing anything? (laughs) I mean, you know, probably probably you're missing something because of what an amazing season it was. I honestly wish we were like on video because I feel like me and you both have like this, you know, boyish grin because we're so excited that they won their fourth championship in eight years um, and made the NBA finals six times out of the last eight years, which is absolutely incredible for a Warriors fan who grew up in the early O's. I mean, going from 1975 to 2015 without a NBA finals uh, experience. And now to have uh, six finals experiences and four championships, we're, we're spoiled in the Bay. Yeah, for sure. We definitely are. And more to come. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, that's not, this wasn't a, one and done type deal um yeah on that note on that note uh thinking about what um what bob myers and joe lakob said after the after the championship and how everybody wanted them to trade 
you know, their young assets to get a, a Bradley Beal or like a, a win now player to, um, to get the Warriors over the hump because uh, a lot of people didn't think that they could do it while having a young core and they, they straddled the line. And it's, it's honestly amazing for the league um, that they were able to maintain their young players while still being competitive and, and ultimately winning a championship. Yeah. And it just shows how, um, well, there's a few things to unpack there. Cause one, obviously you need to win enough games to make it to the playoffs. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, you had this first half of the season, Andrew Wiggins, who's just absolutely on fire. um, All-star starter. And then you had a second half of the regular season, Andrew Wiggins, who, you know, was consistent, played on both ends, but offensively, you know, hit or miss. And you do need to win enough games to make the playoffs. But then at the same time, you know, I've seen this talked about a little bit on Twitter, so I'm not going to take it as my own idea. But there's really three seasons in in an NBA season. You've got the regular season. You've got um, four teams remaining. And then you've got the finals. And so you need guys like Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he was the second the second most important player for the Warriors in this postseason run. Um, Wiggins was guarding the Luka Doncic, the um, Jason Tatum, you know, in the finals, Wiggins was averaging 39 minutes a game, which led the team um, second in scoring at 18.3 points, second in shot attempts tied with Clay Thompson at 16.8, despite shooting only 29% from three on six attempts and then averaging 8.8 rebounds at the same time and 2.2 assists and one and a half steals and one and a half blocks. I mean, good Lord. Andrew Wiggins, have yourself a postseason and more importantly, final series. I mean, he was just absolutely all over the place and such an important piece for everything that the Warriors are doing. He really enabled the, the Steve Kerr system because he didn't demand the ball in his hands almost to a fault, right? Which is why people kind of were ragging on him in the second half of the regular season because he'd have a game where he goes off for 20 plus and he has another game where he scores 12. And people are just begging him to be more aggressive, be more aggressive, take more shots. Um, but at the same time, you know, he plays within the flow of the offense. And sometimes that leads to him getting a bunch of wide open looks under the hoop or he's splashing in threes. Um, and other times it doesn't. But what we just saw in the playoffs was just absolutely incredible. That 16 rebound game was just something else, man. I, I mean, Andrew <laughs> Wiggins, I just just couldn't see the Warriors without him, honestly, at this point. I mean, better Andrew Wiggins is a better fit for the Golden State Warriors than Kevin Durant. And I don't think that's a hot take. It doesn't take away anything from what Durant is offensively, but just for a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who can play so seamlessly and do what he's asked to do and not throw a fit and not demand to have the ball in his hands and play within a system. Um, That's just incredible. Yeah, I would agree with you in terms of off the court, but on the court, I I still have to go with Durant. But, But if you take into consideration the whole game of basketball and that it's not just playing on the court and there's needs to be chemistry and 
good relationships and you have to have the right personalities, I think you have a good point on Wiggins over Durant. Um, but on the court, I, I would still have to say that Durant was is a better basketball player and was a better on-court player for the Warriors than Wiggins. Okay, that's fair. Agree to disagree. I think offensively, sure. But I think if you look at both sides, I'll give the edge to Wiggins. I don't think I don't think you see Durant lock up um, Tatum and Luca the way Wiggins did. It's true. I mean, Durant's um, rim protection though was was pretty huge for the Warriors uh, in he... the first year, but I, that kind of tailed off a little bit. Yeah, when he was less when he was less engaged, and then that f- kind of factors into your second point, like the character and off court stuff. When Absolutely, you get, get kind of bored and, and disengaged and Draymond and all that. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, one one big thing on Wiggins and and an area that I was. Like the one area I was disappointed with, I completely agree with you on the the rebounding was absolutely insane. Um, I remember there was a, a game in the Nugget series and it was right after Wiggins had, I think he led the team in rebounds with like somewhere between nine and 11 rebounds in, in game one. And then going into game two, there was a, uh, my cousin was asking me about player prop bets. And one of the player prop bets was, is Andrew Wiggins going to have over three and a half rebounds <laughs> in game two? And I was like, uh, is that an error on, uh, on this site right here? Easy money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, I remember he had it. At, uh, he almost had, I think it might've been four and a half, but he almost had it at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but the, the area that I was most disappointed um, wasn't the the offensive hesitation that he can have at times or the deference. It was the free throw shooting. I think mm. that's an area that, that Wiggins really should look at improving upon. You know, I'm looking at his career numbers here, and he's never been a great th- a free throw shooter, but he needs to get over 70%. I mean, being in the low 30s, is the only big complaint I have about Wiggins this season. Otherwise, I think he's changed the narrative of how people view him from his Minnesota days. And I think being the, being the number one overall pick um, kind of put this stigma on him because people had these expectations of the, you know, the player that he should be when he just isn't the, you know, the top dog on a team. Um, but he, he, thrives in playing within a system and i am so happy that he was able to change the narrative of how people see him around the league yeah totally i mean he did shoot 69 percent in the finals from the free throw line okay mm-hmm. so yeah I, yeah the, but he I, did have that atrocious stretch where he was like shooting 30 percent. so i totally know what you're talking about he he definitely had stretches where it looked like, oh, he's doing pretty good. And then also stretches where it was like one for four, one for four, one for four. And you're like, oh, my God, this is just giving away points. Um, but I think looking at what he did in that six game final series. Um, yeah, the 69 percent on uh, 2.2 attempts per game. Yeah, that, that's kind of where he, at least his floor needs to be from. Yeah, I agree. But 75 plus, right? If you're going to 
pay this guy a max and lock him up or give him a contract extension or whatever. We talk about that more later. Uh, I agree. Free throw shooting is an area that could really vault him into the next tier if he becomes more consistent in that in that sense. Also, three-point shooting, I think, as well, since he did have that nosedive after he shot so well from three for most of the season. So that'll be interesting to see. I, I know I saw a lot of Twitter action during the finals of, like, um, PTSD flashbacks to, like, Harrison Barnes <laughs> with Wiggins missing all those three open three-pointers. Yeah. Luckily, luckily though, his defense made up for it and his rebounding. I mean, right. the, the guy was uh, – and his ability to drive to the rim. The Warriors really lacked um, players who could penetrate the defense. And against Robert Williams, it became even more of a challenge uh, with the Celtics. Jordan Poole um, was not able to do what he did for the majority of the playoffs against the Celtics. And Andrew Wiggins seemed like the only guy – I mean, Curry obviously could get to the rim, um, but Wiggins was the guy. He was he was the uh, main penetrator on the Warriors team, and that's that's a skill they desperately need uh, on the roster. So uh, you, you have to be happy for a guy who had so much negative talk about him for his entire career. I mean, think about where we were at the beginning of the season and there were people very angry with Wiggins about his vaccination choice, which was totally a personal decision. And uh, he made the, you know, the choice because he needed to, um, he needed to for his work and he did so. It shouldn't have been all over the media, but it was. And he handled that with swimming colors and he, I'm just, I'm ecstatic for the guy. I, I'm just absolutely ecstatic. So what are your, some of your um, takeaways from the Boston series? Uh, um, so I would say what I think about is I think about what, the future should look like and what decisions the Warriors should make. Um, I mean, I think game four, Steph Curry, that was, that put him in an all-time group uh, from like a finals performance perspective. And I will never forget that game four performance when he had 43 points and 10 rebounds. I think it like put him in like a, a group of six uh, guards to ever do that. And the list is just, uh, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Um, I would say that, you know, big questions the Warriors have front office is Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins extensions, and Kevon Looney, Gary Payton, um, and maybe Otto Porter Jr. as terms of free agents. Uh, the finals, you got Clay Thompson who started to play a lot better defense as the series went on. I'm not worried about the shot. I know that he struggled um, for the majority of the finals, but I'm really not worried about it. Um, Jordan Poole was great throughout the playoffs. I think he's got a great first step. I think he uh, struggled against the Celtics, especially with um, the elite rim protection that Robert Williams was. 
Uh, Robert Williams was a huge problem for the Warriors throughout the series. Um, I thought they relied uh, over the course of the season too heavily on Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. And throughout the entire postseason, they were one Kevon Looney injury away from being, you know, uh, up the creek without a paddle. Uh, so that's a takeaway that I have from the finals. Um, Steve Kerr's coaching is amazing. His ability to, even though I disagree with playing Nemanja Bjelica in the finals, the fact that he was able to play, how many players did he play in the NBA finals? At, at one time, besides garbage time, were there 11 different rotation players that saw uh, the court or I don't, I don't see, I don't think JTA or Lee ever got time, but did Moody and Kaminga, they both got a Neither. little bit of a run, right? No, no, just, just garbage time. Yeah. Bielitsa. Bielitsa, Porter. Off the bench, it was, yeah. Porter, Peyton, Bielitsa. Um, not even Iguodala because he wasn't healthy and he just played like one minute in game six. Yeah, he played Iguodala played game one a decent amount. Yeah, but he did not play as the series went on. I think, yeah, he played like three minutes in game six. Uh, but I thought Kerr's ability to like to trust these guys, including Bielitsa and his I was I was impressed at times with Bielitsa, but I wouldn't be sad to see him go as a free agent in terms of um in terms of pool and wiggins i think that's like probably the biggest long-term decision that the team has to make because you can't pay you know <laughs> you have to think that 170 million dollars for nine players before the roster fills out is is pretty tight so keeping wiggins and adding a large salary for pool is probably not tenable after next season. So I think that's their biggest long-term um, decision point that they have to decide on. And then this off season, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kavon Looney and Gary Payton, the second, as those two are clearly their biggest free agent decisions. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, to unpack there. Um, I was surprised, though, going back to the Boston series real quick, you know, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, I just feel like he disappeared. Uh, Boston had no answer for Steph Curry. And when they finally decided to blitz him, you know, that's when Wiggins was, like, unleashed. Mm-hmm. Um so that was interesting. I thought Al Horford was like their most consistent player, which was interesting. Um, obviously one of their more veteran guys. And then. You Jaylen, think Al Horford was more consistent than Jalen Brown? Um, on both sides. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Horford kind of disappears offensively a little bit, but um, in the games that they won, it was from, it was because of Horford's play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just interesting how Boston, the turnovers really bit them more than the Warriors. That was really interesting to see the Warriors end up taking care of the ball better than 
the Celtics did. So I think the average 16.8 turnovers per game for the Celtics, 13.8 turnovers per game for the for the Warriors, 10.3 steals versus 6.2. So that was really interesting for me. And then I felt like at times um, Kavon Looney was better than Draymond in the finals simply because Draymond just had a really hard time in this matchup. Like you mentioned, Boston's length, even with Robert Williams hobbled on like one leg or one knee. Um, they they really challenged the Warriors. They didn't give them easy buckets under the hoop until they decided to start blitzing Curry. And um, they're you know they had you know Boston obviously elite defense in their own right. So Draymond trying to operate at the top of the key didn't really work out. Draymond shooting didn't really work out. So Draymond Green had a really tough finals, but still ended up being able to flip the switch when he needed to late in the series. And um, I just think Kevon Looney's indispensable because Draymond fouls out, Draymond gets in foul trouble, Draymond's not having a good game. You put in Looney and Looney goes out there and gets a double-double or better um, and does it in a different way. But you can feel confident and comfortable that you have an elite front court player Still kind of the same thing as Draymond, like tweener, undersized five, but can switch out and guard one through five um, and not get beat. And that proved throughout the playoffs, whether it was against Jalen Brunson, Luka, um, Jokic, Tatum, Smart. I mean, sure, there are guys who, you know, he's not he's not going to stay in front of Morant, but there's a lot of players out there. You get into a pick and roll and he's more than capable of sticking with the small um, and keeping him in front and contesting a shot. So I totally agree with uh, Looney and GP2 are going to be interesting to see, but I think those guys are like 1A, 1B. Um, and I edge Looney just because he's been with the team for so much longer. And I think front court players are that much harder to come by, especially um, bigs who can switch. And, uh, you know, James Wiseman's expected to play some summer league this season, but we've still yet to really see what Wiseman could turn into or grow into or really give the Warriors. Uh, and Looney's still young. I mean, you know, sure, this is the first season he's played every game after being riddled with injuries for so many years, but I think Looney has a lot in the tank. And so I'd say priority lock up Looney um, and then GP2 right behind him. And then I'd also say, um, extensions on uh, on Pool and Wiggins, and I think Green's also eligible too yeah. for an extension. So I know it's a lot of money. Lakeup and Myers have been kind of quoted a lot, saying that you know if they if if they think they can win and run it back and get more championships, then money isn't really an object. Yeah, more or less, kind of paraphrasing there. So. Um, I don't know. Otto Porter Jr. I thought was really good. I wouldn't mind getting Bielitsa back just because he can play in Kerr's system. Obviously, he's had some ups and downs as well, but I feel like the playoffs was his opportunity to kind of showcase what he can bring to this team. And there's definitely certain situations or matchups where you need a shooting big um, or a playmaking big kind of does that offensive version of Draymond. And you know what? He actually was not bad defensively. He held his own. He wasn't a plus, but he wasn't a minus in those times that I saw him take the floor um, in this postseason run. 
I felt like there was there would be a play in which he would hold up, and then there would be like the next play where it was wanted, you know, giving me gray hair. I'll say that. I I, I thought it was inconsistent with him um, on the Celtics. Uh, their um, turnovers, which they had twenty two in Game Six, uh, they I put up a poll. I did a little Boston Celtics recap after uh after their season and i put up a little poll of what uh people felt they needed the most this off season and it was far and away it ran away i think like 80 percent of people voted uh that it was playmaking ball handling so mm-hmm. i mean that is clearly on the top of their list and another big uh difference in the finals between uh, the Warriors and the Celtics was depth and game one, the Celtics had Derek white. I mean, didn't, he was like five for six from the three point line. Al Horford was doing stuff. Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams was okay. in in that game. And as the series went on, the Celtics uh, didn't have anybody off their bench who they could rely on. Uh, and that, that played a huge role. Uh, Celtics need to focus on getting a, a playmaker um, on, uh, on and and on your Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year. I honestly thought that Robert Williams was a better defender throughout the entire season for the Celtics than Marcus Smart. So I was a little bit confused as to why Smart won the award over Williams. I guess it was the um, the meniscus, but uh, to me, it was apparent that Robert Williams was the bigger threat for the Warriors than Marcus Smart defensively. So I, I was confused when the award got announced and it was Marcus and, and I wasn't surprised in the finals uh, when I was more afraid as a Warrior fan watching Robert Williams on defense, even though he had, was dealing with a, a knee injury throughout. Um, I have a question for you on sure. the whole pool Wiggins um, extensions. So Poole's on his last year of his rookie deal this upcoming season, and Wiggins is on the last year of his, like, 30-plus million-dollar deal. Do you think that – I think Poole's going to want a lot of money. Do you think that Wiggins is going to want that 30-plus mil, like, not max, but close to max contract, and then – if they both want that, do you think the Warriors would give them both money around maybe pool slightly less, but, you know, do you think that they could give pool, I don't know, somewhere around 25 a year and Wiggins somewhere around 30 a year. Do you think that they, that's tenable? Yeah. Well, they have their bird rights so they can pay them whatever they want. It's just how much Lake is willing to eat in the tax. So that's where you got to have all these minimum guys to fill the rest of your lineup because you're going to pay, you know, whatever, six guys, basically your entire cap. Mm -hmm. So that's where I feel like a lead JTA, the Elitza on minimum deals ends up being a super value pick. But yeah, I think, I mean, Wiggins proved that he's worth 35 plus or 30 plus, at least if not max. I mean, how many guys in the league can do what he just did for the Warriors in this finals run. He played better than Clay Thompson. Um, I think that if if Curry, you know, there's 
some narratives that, you know, maybe if Wiggins had had outplayed Curry after that big 16 rebound game, maybe, maybe Wiggins would have been finals MVP. No, I don't really think that would have happened, but um, not after I mean, game I just, four, not, no, after- not after game four, but I think Wiggins is indispensable. I think, you know, you had Clay Thompson as like this elite two-way player and it remains to be seen if he can return to that level of play. Um, you know, we, as you said, as the, as the finals went on, Clay looked more and more like himself. I'd love to see him get an off season to really put in the work and see what he can do next season. And I, I still expect Clay Thompson to be really, really good. I don't know if he'll be, you know, 2019 good pre-injury. Um, so who's going to guard Kawhi Leonard, you know, Paul George, Kevin Durant, all, you know, the elite wings in the league that that's going to be Wiggins and, that's always been the question for contending teams. You know, you need to have that elite stopper. Um, and at the same time, if he's also willing to not, he's willing and okay with not having the ball in his hands all the time, um, then that just allows you to run an offensive system that, you know, just shares the ball and gets everyone involved. So, and then pool pool looks like Curry light to me. Um, I think pool at 22 just has tremendous upside. I felt like pool struggles in the finals was really good. It's going to give him a lot of film to look at and a lot of opportunity for him to, to improve his game. But I mean, in that Denver series um, and against Dallas, I mean, pool looked unstoppable pool looked like our best offensive option at times when Curry was coming off the bench and getting back into form after the foot injury you know, pool scoring 30 points on, on like nine of 13 shooting three yeah, or four his, games. His, his first step and his blow by ability is, is. And he gets to the rim. Right. And that's why you struggled against Boston because Robert Williams or Marcus or uh, Derek white, they were able to, uh, to contest him at the rim with the mm-hmm. athleticism. So, but teams who don't have that, I mean, pool doesn't even need to settle for threes. He just takes you to the rim all day. And, yeah, and, and he fouled. could work on his floater game this uh, this summer. I think would be a big benefit. He started to he hit a few as the series went on against Boston, but I think that would be a really good area for him to improve is the mid range, the floaters. Um, yeah, that he can get it over rim protectors like Robert Williams. So I'd honestly be fine if the Warriors re-signed this entire fifteen-man roster and just ran it back. Trade it, trade the picks. For, for the future, save some money and just run it back with the same guys. I'd be yeah. I'd be perfectly happy with that. I mean, you get a Wiseman who maybe plays the whole season or half the games. You get another big. Um, I don't know if Otto Porter Jr. will stick around. I, th- I feel like he'll want more than the minimum, and I don't think the Warriors can offer him more than the minimum. Um, Gary Payton the second. I think it'll be interesting to see how much money he gets offered. I think the Warriors will have to pay him something reasonable. Um, same thing with Kevon Looney, because I think that they both earned it. I think Looney more so than Peyton, but maybe Peyton potentially more in demand since he can. Um, he's probably one of the better perimeter defenders in the league now after everyone got to watch him. So I don't know. I think I think it'll be interesting, but I definitely am of the opinion that you got to bring everyone back if you can and lock up Poole and Wiggins for sure. I think Draymond Green too. If you can give him an, a friendly extension now, you do so. And even if you've dumped all this money into these guys, um, you're trying to maximize winning as many finals as you can now. And then at the back end of your lineup, you've got Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody getting reps 
improving, learning from these veterans, having really important experience going to the finals and playoff experience. And, and maybe you see Lee and JTA who got minutes over Kaminga and Moody throughout the regular season. Maybe you see those guys kind of take a step back and just kind of be more locker room guys. Um, and Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman get a little bit more opportunity um, this season. I just, I have a hard time. Like, I like the scenario that you're talking about, uh, bringing everybody back. I would like to make one exception and, and bring in a, a big man, whether it's a, a through the draft with the late first round pick or sign like a, a veteran on a minimum and maybe replace him with somebody on the roster who was, you know, who, who is more replaceable. Cause I just would like to add a little bit more front court depth in case of a Kavon Looney injury. Um, Wiseman to me is still a big question mark as much as I want him to succeed. So that'd be the one exception. I would, I, I love what you're saying. I, I would like to add another big, whether it be with the late first round pick and yeah, sure. The second round picks draft and stash or uh, draft and just put them in the G league on a two way or something. But uh I just, I have a hard time imagining, uh, obviously I'm not footing the bill for this team, but that's a giving Wiggins and Poole extensions, extending Draymond, you're looking at a salary cap north of, you know, 200 and $200 million easy. And that's before the tax. And uh, I mean, I hope they can do it. Uh, Looney, I mean, what do you think Looney's market is? Do you think it's like somewhere in the 12 to to 16 for like something around, I don't know, three years with maybe a player option on the third? He just came off of, I think, a three-year 15 million. So probably double or triple that. So yeah, probably something between 10 to 15 a year. And then um, Gary Payton, the same thing? Or do you think he gets a little bit? I don't less? know. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think maybe a little bit less. I think Payton maybe in the 5 to 10 range. Yeah, I mean, if they could bring both of those guys back, and what if they brought both of those guys back, they extended one of pool. I mean, I think you gotta they, get both. I think that I don't think there's a scenario where you let Poole or Wiggins walk because who plays backup point guard then? Yeah, I agree with you on Poole. I, 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 and as much as I love Wiggins, can you? <laughs> you got, I don't think you can walk away from Wiggins because Kaminga, Kaminga has all the upside in the world, but he's yet to put together a game where he played consistent defense start to finish. So, I think that the Warriors at 19 years old though at 19. Sure, but you want to win now. So you Warriors want to I mean I I think Warriors are going to three peat with this team. First of all. So I think you got to you got to resign you got to extend Wiggins cuz you you need Wiggins to keep winning. There's no you way do it, you do it this summer or do you try and do it next next summer? I think that if if I guess if, if it goes if Myers and Lakeup are committed to winning, you just do it now and you lead to just put the question out of the you know, just not even have that a lingering question. I what's get that the, it's a lot of money. What's the number you'd be comfortable with Wiggins? I mean, it's not my money. So I think you paid, <laughs> I think you gotta pay the guys what they what they deserved, honestly. I think you can try and nickel and dime them, and maybe you think that 
they could be kind of that Spurs approach where they're like, I'll take a pay cut to stick around. But I mean, Lakeham's making money. He made him a lot of money in this postseason run with Chase. And they're like expanding to like this like global music business thing. You know, they've they've got a lot of different business ventures. And all the all the quotes that I've seen from Myers and Lakeham are like, we want to try and bring back as many guys as we can. And if we're winning, we're going to spend for it. So I think you pay Wiggins north of 30 mil a year. Um, I think you pay Poole north of 20. Um, yeah, Looney, you know, north of 12 and Peyton north of seven. And you try and you try and bring all those guys back. I do think for um, a backup big, you could do a two-way deal because Chioza maybe isn't really needed this season, although I did like Chioza. Um, but I just think for one of the 15 roster spots, if you're talking about like a veteran or not even a veteran, like a minimum big, I just don't see, sure, that's like insurance for for Looney, but you don't want to like give Wiseman more competition. At the end of the day, you're paying Wiseman 10 mil plus and he hasn't even really gotten a chance to play. So you got to think Looney's going to be the starter um, opening night of the next season, but you want Wiseman to win the job because I do think Looney excels coming off the bench. I I agree with you. Can can we just say that the whole concept of this is absolutely unheard of in the NBA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, this is I think that's why it's it's so hard for me to get there is because I've never seen it. <laughs> but I don't think we've we've ever seen a team like the Warriors, the <laughs> Steve right. Kerr Warriors in NBA history because what team has the best player on the team be willing to not have the ball in his hands? Like that's when the Warriors are at their best. You put the ball in Draymond Green's hands and you put Curry off the ball. And now you can throw pool out there too. You've got two, maybe three elite guards. If you want to include Clay Thompson as a guard, maybe he's more of a small forward now. Um, so I just think that they're, they're trailblazing right now. They're rewriting, they're rewriting the rules. and. Um, I mean, I heard Myers say that like guys should get paid the money that they're deserved and they want to do that. Um, yeah, I hope I hope it all happens. I hope they bring back. I mean, Looney and Peyton um, are the big guys to bring back and uh, extending pool this offseason, I think, is, is extremely smart. Um, I do think that with Wiggins. I think that he fits so well within the Warriors team, but I think that on the open market, I'm not sure that he is deserving of a 30 plus million dollar contract. Yeah. On the open market, I'm just not sure if he would get that kind of a contract. Uh, He fits within the Warriors system so well. And maybe he would be the type of guy, I mean, taking a discount and getting, you know, 20 million instead of 30 million is still a lot of money, especially for a guy who already got a a max deal. Uh, And he seems like the happiest that I've seen him in the NBA with the Warriors. So maybe it's something that um, can be agreed to by both parties. Um, So 
but you're right. It's not, it's not my money. And if Bob, uh, if Bob Myers is able to do it with Joe Lacob and the rest of the ownership group's permission, it's something that I have never seen maybe in the salary cap era, but I'm just glad that I'm a fan of that team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's interesting though, because you look at this this roster, and I think a lot of guys on this team are fit based. And if you put them somewhere else, they wouldn't necessarily have the same success. Draymond Green, I think, definitely falls into that category. Yeah. Um, maybe Clay Thompson. Um, I think Gary Payton the second. I think Kavon Looney. Um, so. I don't know, but I mean, there's a lot of comparisons between uh, Mikhail Bridges and Andrew Wiggins. I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to me, what what it comes down to for me is who's stopping LeBron, Durant, Paul George, Kawhi, Jason Tatum. And there's a very short list of guys, you know, Luca, um, who you'd feel comfortable slotting into that role of stopper. Uh, wing stopper and I think Andrew Wiggins is on the top end of that list as far as who can do it well do you think he's and that's invaluable Mikhail, do you think he's better than Mikhail Bridges we saw it Bridges couldn't guard Luca we saw it firsthand yeah yeah so Bridges signed an extension last year and he's getting paid roughly around 22 million a year yeah, so I think so. You know, kind of to to what our what we said. I think Wiggins. You know, if he if he'll take twenty five, that'd be nice. But I think that's a little bit of a discredit to him, all star starter, and the way that he's that he's developed his game, kind of really just entering his prime now. If if our expectation is we're going to offer Wiggins north of thirty because we expect him to continue to work on his game to where it's more complete, to where he's not shooting you know, sub 50% at stretches for the regular season. Um, his three-point stroke is more consistent. Um, and then he continues to do all the intangibles, rebound, play defense at a high level, high character, high IQ guy. I mean, that's that's invaluable. That's You build a franchise around that. I get that we just drafted Kaminga, and I think Kaminga's going to have a huge role, and there's a scenario where Wiggins and Kaminga could be on the floor at the same time. They'll have to play the exact same position, but I do think that for trying to win championships right now, Andrew Wiggins is probably like the second or third most important player on this roster behind Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I can't disagree with what you're saying. And if they're willing to play, <laughs> and I mean, I would, I I would support it. I would yeah. support it if they are. I just. I struggle to get there because I've never seen it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we're going to find out, right? They could, Lake of Admirers could talk the, the talk the talk right now, but let's see, let's see if, uh, let's see what happens, how it plays out, what, what they offer them. Um, and kind of an interesting segue because we've got the draft tomorrow, right? So Warriors have the 28th pick in the first round. Um, there's reports that they're looking to shop around the pick. They've also got the 51st and 57th pick in the second round. Yeah, with the with the second round picks, I think those have draft and stash or trade one of them for cash. Maybe that'll allow them to give Wiggins an extra million dollars a year. <laughs> but uh, I, I there's plenty of teams looking to buy into the second round. I think they could easily uh, either draft or stash or or sell those picks. 
And then the, the first round pick, I think that they would trade it um, for maybe future draft capital. I don't know what kind of, I don't know if they could get a future first for 28th pick. I mean, it was pretty impressive what, um, you know, what did Dallas gave up the 26th for Christian Wood, but he's on the last year of his deal. I think the Warriors, I like your idea of getting a big man and putting him on a two-way contract. So maybe they trade down to an early second-round pick and pick up a big man they like and put him on a two-way. And maybe if he performs well, maybe maybe it's not such a bad thing for James Wiseman to have a little bit of competition in the locker room. Um, it, it might not. And with us looking to win now, maybe that also would be a good thing because we don't really know what kind of player Wiseman is going to be in the NBA. Yeah, we've had glimpses, and you'd like to hope that all this time he's been spending around greatness has rubbed off on him a little bit, at least from an IQ perspective. Yeah, I, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that the Warriors, one of their assistants is like, uh, was supposed to come in to be the Wiseman guru, and he's just worked with Kavon Looney over the last couple seasons because of Wiseman's injury. Um, so if he is a big reason why Looney has performed so well this past season, maybe he can um, speak some whispers into Wiseman's ear. Yeah, I think his name's pr- pronounced like Medovich or something. He's the guy who's credited with uh, Jokic's um, improvement. So okay. he worked with Jokic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really am hoping, I'm really looking forward to Summer League to see how Wiseman performs. Uh, it's, I think it's a really big question mark this summer as well. Yeah, I th- I think the jury isn't out yet. I think he can he gives them a missing piece, which is above the rim play on both ends of the floor. Regardless of the consistency, you know, similar to Kaminga, he plays above the rim, which we saw against Boston, the challenges we had without having that as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, you know, you get beat, they get a layup because we don't have Andrew Bogut there to erase layups. Uh they double team uh, or you attack the rim. Like if you don't have guys you could throw it up to, it's harder to finish those plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I still have my hopes up for Wiseman. You know, he was the number two pick for a reason. I think maybe the injuries and hindsight maybe did him some good to just give him some time to just get away from it all and just take a step back since he was kind of really rushed into things and barely had any experience. But you could also say that uh, he hasn't had any experience to play and he needs experience. So we'll see. I mean, we saw Jordan Poole, right? If that's any if that's any blueprint, uh, Poole mm-hmm. just, you know, thrown into that 30-minute role rookie season did not do well at all and it took a couple years in the g league for things to really come together and now i mean he looks like curry 2.0 honestly the way he just pulls up from 40 feet at the end of quarters hitting buzzer beaters um he's not not calling those banks right i mean those 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 bank shots at the end of quarters that's not (laughs) not, he's not i'm like it's a legitimate question because It looks like he does it so confidently. Like, is he, is he calling that? (laughs) (laughs) 
You can see him disappointed too. Uh, in game six, he missed. I think he missed it, and he was like, "You can see the." He was really going for three, three in a row of uh, closing out the third with a three. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's he's a fun guy to root for. That's for sure. And his his turnaround really does um, does illustrate that you do not want to give up on a on a young player after one or two or even three or four i mean in wiggins case like what six seven years you just you don't want to give up on these guys obviously wiggins was was putting up stats with the timberwolves but i mean um to do it on a winning team is is something entirely different so i I, pool is a great example of of the fact that you know development is different for every player and to write players off um is never never truly fair. I mean, JTA didn't make it into the NBA until he was what, 28 years old. And he had to go through an open tryout in Santa Cruz. That's there is always a chance for players to improve. And I, while I think it's going to take Wiseman some more time, just because he's been injured for so long and that prevents on court work from happening. Um, I think this summer is huge for him and I'm really excited to see what he looks like in summer league. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be watching just because of Wiseman. <laughs> yeah. And I think having, um, cause for me, the most underrated thing about Curry is his work ethic and mm-hmm. how that rubs off on everyone. And that's, really what they credit Jordan Poole is um, since the pandemic, Poole had been in the gym more than anybody on the team. And what do you know? You put in the time and work and your game shows. So having Wiseman be exposed to that and hopefully if he can be healthy for a a consistent period of time to be able to get into the gym and do the work and work on his game, get on the floor as well, that we can see a similar kind of pattern. Same thing for Moody and Kaminga, right? That this doesn't just happen like, yeah, you need to be talented. You need to have, you know, these things need to fall into place. But then once you get there, you if you really want to take your game to the next level, it requires work. Yeah, and having a veteran presence, like you said, for Poole, having Steph Curry on the team, um, I, I think was 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 absolutely huge for him. And and in Wiseman's case, I think Looney is a great veteran presence for him. I would I Looney just seems like a a really good guy and his willingness or enjoyment playing center and just you know as an undersized guy and getting beat up by a lot of bigger players. It seems like he loves that. And I think that just in a similar vein as Curry to Poole, I think we could have something similar with Looney to Wiseman. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yep. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the, on the draft tomorrow? Not super. No, not really. I mean, I think the Warriors will probably trade their pick because it, what do you it think just adds too much confusion. What do you um, think they'll look for? A future pick or cash. 
mean, I don't think they just want to give away assets, but I also think that, like we said, they're going to be so top heavy um, with their cap and and money that they're spending on guys that, you know, I do think that like a Damian Lee and JTA, like they play a role on this team, even if they're not getting a ton of minutes. Um, Consistency matters. Chemistry matters. So sure, you could, you know what, Jordan Poole is like uh, the 26th, 26th pick. If I'm not mistaken, like that, yeah. Um, you know, obviously he turned out he's looking real like a real great value pick right now. Um, but when would that player get any real opportunity when you've got all these other guys in front of him who were trying to develop as well? So I'm not sure. You know, I don't think. You know, I think for for Bob Myers, I think that they've got their eyes on certain names that if these guys fell, they would want them regardless. Cause maybe they just think that the player's worth more than the pick or something like that. Um, but I also think they might just say, let's trade this for something later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, like you I think said, if maybe- they, tra- I think if they trade the pick, I think they would only be able to get like two seconds. I don't think they would get it first. Yeah. And that might be, that still might be okay for them. Yeah. Um, they haven't, mortgaged too many they haven't made like crippling trades where they've traded away all these firsts to get win now players so they do have some reasonable flexibility in the future yeah Um, i think it just matters if if you lose like looney or gp2 then i think there becomes an immediate need to, to fill these spots i mean if you lose looney I mean, everything changes immediately, in my opinion, because yes. he's just the glue to this whole team. Like we said, Draymond Green fouled out twice in the finals. You know, another game he had five fouls. So I was never worried because I knew Looney was going to come in there and, and do great. And there was plenty of times where Looney picks up three, four fouls in the first quarter and he doesn't foul out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he he's really the most indispensable player on this team. Yeah, free agent. I free totally- agent. Free agent wise. I totally agree with you. I actually, I have a poll up on Twitter. I did a little warrior season wrap article and I asked the question and I put it as Kavon Looney is the, who's the biggest free agent priority for the warriors, Looney, Peyton, Otto Porter Jr. Just to give him a third option and then other. And uh, I was surprised that Gary Payton, the second um, got, has more of the votes than Looney. Cause for me, it's Looney one, Gary Payton, the second two. I love GP two, but like you said, if, if the Warriors lose Looney, they, you know, you put even more pressure on James Wiseman and you have to find a big man. And how are you going to integrate that big man within the warrior system? Like you said, um, it's a, it's not a system that, all centers can play in. So uh, I really agree with you that Looney is key. And I, I would even argue that re-signing Looney this summer is more important than giving Wiggins an extension after next season. That's, that's my personal opinion because I just think that Looney's presence on the roster is, is, I know that Wiggins is indispensable and he just played out of his mind in the NBA finals and he totally shut down Jason Tatum. Um, I just, I worry about the front court quite a bit. Uh, 
And I think the Warriors could put pieces together to make up for what Wiggins gives them. Um, plus, they still have Wiggins under contract next season. So we're not talking about next season. We're talking about 2023-24. That's fine. Yeah, if you had to say you can either re-sign Looney or give Wiggins an extension this season, then I'd re-sign Looney. But then next season, the priority one would be to extend Wiggins. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I um, and 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 I hope they have a two hundred and twenty million dollar uh, salary cap with who knows how much in tax. Today um, they were talking to the Myers about like north of four hundred total, and he <laughs> he wasn't balking at that. He they're like what Slater was like asking, trying to poke around the numbers, and like would four hundred kind of be the man? And Myers was like, well. Like, you know, like it told me whatever we want to do. So, oh man, we'll other owners around the league are <laughs> they're getting all pissed off. I will say, though, you know, obviously Gary Payton II is otherworldly from an enjoyment perspective. So, there is no comparison if we're saying who would I rather watch play. Payton II is way more exciting than Looney. Yes. Yes. Looney, in his own way, being so boring is equally enjoyable because he just does the little things so well. Um, yeah. So and I could see, back. I could see people, I could see kind of the casual fan being like, of course, GP two. Like, I love that guy. He's so explosive and athletic and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. And plus I, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I think I could talk about like three hours about Looney, but like the fact that he came back with <laughs> collarbone, injury in 2019 and i think he had like that next season he was dealing with nerve pain like throughout yeah the- yep he had the tendon path pathy or yeah something where he was dealing with like just he was in pain all the time and yep. he felt so bad for the guy and to yep. see him play in all 82 games and it's it's a it's a testament to him and his work ethic and and his journey and it's not how you fall down. It's how you get back up. And, and that's why, you know, that's why we as warrior fans love Clay Thompson so much. That's why we love Andrew Williams. That's why we love Kevon Looney. It's why we love Steph Curry. I mean, back in the day, he was Steph glass ankles, Curry, and now he's, you know, Steph greatest shooter of all time, Curry. So um, I, I, I love this team and I hope you're right. I hope Bob, uh, Lakeup and company pay $500 million for this roster and we <laughs> win the next two. I'd love to be uh, joining you next season, talking about another championship. Yeah. And I think if you're Looney and GP2, you, there's no reason why you'd want to go. Only for money. That would be the only reason I think. Yeah. If, if other teams are offering more money, um, which I would be a little bit more worried about Looney than, uh, than Peyton, because like you're saying, he got he was very much underpaid on his last deal. And you'd have to think that teams like the Hornets and the Raptors, um, they could be eyeing him because they need big men. Yeah, I guess I'm just not worried though. Looney, they drafted him and and Myers has been saying that it means something to keep the guys that you drafted and developed and now are playing well and they deserve to be paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think if the Warriors were like, hey, Looney, sorry, we can only offer you the minimum. Like, F you guys, I'm going to go take 15 a mil 
and go play for sack or something, you know, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. go play, go play for some trash team. Cause I deserve the money. And I think maybe the warriors would, would give them, give him 10 or 12, like not disrespectful money, but obviously probably not offer the most that, that a desperate team would throw out, throw at him. Yeah. So that's, I don't think that I'm super worried that he'll walk. And then I think GP two kind of the same that he's found a home. Um, and look at Kelly Oubre or Kent Bazemore who walked away for other opportunities <laughs> and now, and now just kind of like shooting themselves to the foot. I mean, Oubre, uh, I don't know the specifics of what the Warriors offered him and if they even offered him something, you know, but like Oubre is kind of played out his time in Charlotte, you know, he's had some ups and downs, but he came off the bench for them too. So I think like your role's never guaranteed. You go to another team. You think that that's the situation. Things change. Um, you never know what what the story will end up being. You got to take advantage of what's in front of you. And I mean, if you're on this Warriors team, you have to feel pretty confident that what you just did is repeatable. And so mm-hmm. to walk away from that, um, you know, maybe yeah, I think like Otto Porter Jr. is probably, I think, the most likely to be on another team if I had to guess out of anyone else, because I think he's probably the easiest guy to just fit on any roster because he's such a glue guy. Um, But even him, like he had to handle him with a pair of gloves, right? He just didn't play back-to-backs the whole season, had multiple bouts where he missed games here and there. The foot Um, is an issue. Right. So you're, you're taking this guy who's like, one of the best net plus minuses, I think, in the playoffs was the stat. Um, can really do everything that you need him to do on the floor other than be quick. Um, rebound, defend, score at a high level. But isn't going to play more than, you know, 20, 25 minutes a game and is going to need to miss a lot of games and is likely going to have stretches where he can't play for a few weeks. So how much is that worth? Yeah, I think the injury really gives the Warriors a chance at re-signing him. I agree with you on on Porter. I, I um, plus I think he already he got the bag when he was with Washington. Oh my God! Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got like a four year max deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, one other one other Warrior guy because he was a number four pick. If yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, they and didn't they had they had him and Ubre together, right? Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, one other guy on the Warriors that's a free agent, and it's not from a on-court perspective at this point, but do you think that Andre Iguodala comes back for one more year? Oof. Yeah, I think so. Or even if he doesn't, they they put him on the bench as like an assistant or in the film room or something. Yeah, like give him a Sean Livingston-esque role or something like that. I think Iggy. Yeah, I think Iggy is a must-have on in some in some role for this franchise um i hope so i do think his his good days are behind him as far as what he can do on the floor but then you look at the miami heat and they're doing that with you uh haslam and and there's something to be said for the guy to be on the bench whether he plays or not mm-hmm. um and if, if he's gonna accept a minimum deal and then do something similar to what he did with last season I, i'd be fine with that he can come in I mean, he could still come in at 38, 39 years old, hobbled on one foot and still come up with an incredible crunch time play on the defensive end or knock down a really big three when it counts. Yeah. Even if he hasn't played a minute in the game yet. 
So I think having that ace in the hole to use situationally, um, especially against like a Memphis Grizzlies team, like he could make a big play against Morant or something like that. I think that is, you need those, you need those pieces um, that you can just kind of deploy at the right time. So seemed like he was maybe going to retire. Then he's kind of on the fence. Now I think nobody really knows. So, yeah, I mean, you got to think if the Warriors are going to keep winning, he'd like to keep getting a few more rings. Yeah, and even if it's not as a player, in some way, he'll be with the organization next season. That's my hope. I think so. I'd be I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed and surprised if he wasn't. And I think it would be a mistake because you think about for guys like Curry and Thompson, there's only very few people that they could like go to for like in-game advice. And I feel like Iguodala is one of those guys who like pull him aside and be like, listen, X, Y, Z. And they mm-hmm. respect what he has to say. And in a different capacity than what Steve Kerr is saying yes. or what the other assistant coaches are saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> so you think the Warriors have a chance of three-peating? Right now. How many more rings do they need to have before Bill Simmons will accept that they are a dynasty? Never. These guys are never <laughs> going to do it, man. I I am so glad that I don't watch like these ridiculous ESPN shows like Nick Wright and Chris Boussard. These guys are just... <sighs> it's watching a segment on Twitter just because other people are so upset posting about it. It's like... After the Warriors win, hearing Nick Wright say that the Warriors need to package Wiggins, Kaminga, and Moody to get Bradley Beal, to get a true <laughs> superstar, to give them a chance to win. It's like, they just freaking won, man. What do you expect? Like, sure, they didn't have to play the Phoenix Suns, but the Suns fell apart. They didn't They didn't have to play the Suns. Suns didn't deserve to be there. So there's always going to be haters on the Warriors. They're always going to try and put an asterisk next to the ring and say, well, you didn't have to play the Bucks," or if Middleton was healthy or, you know, if, if Denver had had Michael Porter Jr. And, and Jamal Murray, okay, well, what if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant didn't get injured? Yeah. You know, there's, it's just like endless. What if, it's just a, a stupid game to play. What if when you're talking about postseason basketball, that's, what I've been talking about on this show the whole time is it's so hard to win. You need so much to go right. You need to be healthy. You need to build the right team. And then even then it still might not work out. Like that's why it's so hard to win a championship. So respect it when it happens. Don't try and discredit other teams, but I think they're just jealous, honestly. Yeah. And they're just trying to um, get those clicks. That's right. Yeah. Right. Is the king of uh, trying to get clicks. That's, that's, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, that makes so sense. three, you think uh, you think it's possible for the Warriors? Let's say realistically, they could be a top four. They could make the conference finals again the next two seasons, and then see what happens from there. Like you said, it's another game entirely from there, or another season entirely from there. But you think uh, realistically, next two seasons making the conference finals is a realistic goal. Yeah, I think if you basically bring back this team and Wiseman actually plays and Kaminga and Moody get more experience and and those guys kind of slowly edge minutes from from Curry, Thompson, and Green, uh, 
I mean, I think Steph Curry could be playing basketball at a high level till he's 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't need to play. He doesn't need to play 38 minutes. He can play 25 minutes and score 35, 35 points and play off the ball. Yeah. Um, his trainer reportedly said that he's still gaining strength and speed and power <laughs> at 34. I mean, there's always reports of, of people saying silly stuff like that, but I just think that if you bring this team back and they continue to grow and improve and you address the above the rim play um, and Jordan Poole improves his defense a little bit, there's nobody else out there that scares me. The Grizzlies don't? Nah. Nah. They're they're a young team that they're young and up and coming for sure. I think do I think the Grizzlies are gonna be good? hundred percent. Grizzlies are gonna be really good. But when we're talking about like next year and the year after for a team that the Warriors at this point have the most finals experience in the league right now. Yes. So anyone else who's gonna come in and do that if they have if they make it to the stage, look what happened to Boston, right? Everyone thought Boston was gonna be the Warriors, and what happened? Experience experience one, right? Mm-hmm. Warriors got down 2-1 and then they won three straight because they figured out Boston and Boston imploded. Warriors didn't implode when they when they had a that incredibly important pivotal game four. Right? Steph Curry came out and went 43 and 10. So yeah. yeah. Three and piece. Steve Kerr was able to bench Draymond Green in favor of Kevon Looney. Yes, thank you. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Making plays like that where it's like, hey Draymond, sorry, you're not having it right now. We're gonna throw Looney out there, and and not not many guys would accept that, right? I mean, Draymond's gonna be a future Hall of Famer. How many future Hall of Famers would accept being benched in a closing stretch in the fourth quarter in a pivotal game? Yeah, no, you're not many. You're absolutely right, and and not many coaches would have the ability to make that move. That that that's a testament to Kerr. And you know what? Who also would be fine with that is Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Kerr said, "Sorry, Wiggins." We're gonna go with we're gonna go with Looney or we're gonna go with Kaminga. He'd say, "Okay, coach, whatever it takes to win." I actually think that Draymond and Clay Thompson are probably the two hardest guys for Kerr to do that with. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I know we're kind of, we're kind of going over on time here, but um, you know, Draymond Green was asked, "Who is the most competitive player that you've ever played with?" And he said, "Clay Thompson, one hundred percent, hands down. Nobody comes close." Yeah. I see it. I see it in his game and in his disappointment when his shot isn't going. And, and even on, uh, on his Twitter account, when he gets mad at the, at the fans during that one stretch, he said something about, uh, he got upset with a uh, negative chatter around uh, the Bay area um, about him. And uh, that, that just comes from a, from a true, you know, Jason Tatum might be wearing the, the Kobe Bryant armband but but clay thompson is the one who's who's most similar to kobe that's on the court yeah so um sam i absolutely love this podcast i love the warriors i'm so happy to be um on for the third time this year and i look forward to more pods together in the in the future i know we're over on time um you got any uh, plugs, any stuff you're working on that yeah. you want to shout out to? Yeah, I uh, we have the draft coming up tomorrow and uh, at, over at sportsethos.com. 
we got a lot of articles coming up. We got a lot of draft articles. We're going to have free agency articles coming up. Um, so anybody that's playing fantasy basketball can go over there. And if you're a Warriors fan and you play fantasy basketball or you don't, I just posted my season recap where I get a, a I gush about Kavon Looney, Andrew Wiggins, and the rest of them. Uh, and I talk about it from a fantasy perspective and a reality perspective. So uh, get on into sportsethos.com and, and uh, you can find all the basketball material you want. We have a, a rumor page for trades. I know that Jeremy Grant just got traded uh, this afternoon uh, to Portland and there's going to be a lot more moves uh, coming and we got all the rumors in one place, one easy place for everybody to find. So um, go to Sports Ethos for all your basketball content and we got uh, betting content, baseball content, football content as well. So got it all. Great things happening at Sports Ethos these days. Yeah. Yeah, including the We Believe Warriors podcast. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate your time. Let's go dubs. The draft is tomorrow. What the heck, right? The season finishes. We're all hyped <laughs> and we're already talking about next season. <laughs> can I can I do one? Warriors! Warriors! Alright, see you next time, Sam. Alright, man, take care.